Hey guys, Rashid Phillips here and welcome to This Week in Barbecue. This Week in Barbecue is a barbecue-focused podcast that brings you the latest and greatest news in barbecue. From the good, the bad, and everything in between, we aim to keep you updated as frequently as possible with the latest events, whether it be the latest rigs, the newest products, events, changes, or restaurant openings. We want you to know about it here. Now, it has been a few weeks, roughly four since our last episode, and for that I do apologize. I've been traveling nonstop. If you do follow me on social media at Rashid Phillips, or you follow us on Instagram, the podcast page, This Week in Barbecue, you realize that we've been all over the place. It's been hefty travel season, and anyone in this industry understands that this is sort of our peak time so i'm bouncing all around but i've put some things in place that will allow me to actually keep up and record and still distribute episodes weekly even while i'm on the road so there shouldn't be any more gaps in episodes and i truly appreciate all of you who reached out emailed dm'd just wondering if I'd stopped um, doing the podcast, if I shifted to other things. I promise you it is actually the complete opposite. I've made some really large investments into making sure I can sort of kick things up another level. That's going from the website to so much that I can't wait to share with you all. But um, with that being said, I figured it's only right to have this week's episode be a Q&A, me answering questions that were submitted from you all that have sort of been compiling up and I want to sort of uh, clear the deck a bit. So let's get right into it. Starting things off, Gypsy Love asked, what has been the most challenging barbecue slash cooking method for you to master? That is an amazing question. Um, For me, and I would preference this by saying, I'm not even sure if I've fully mastered it and don't know if I can. I have gained great proficiency in it, but in the style of open fire. Now, mind you, I've been cooking this way ever since I was a child, uh, raised with my grandfather showing me these techniques, you know, digging into the sand, making trenches, skewering red snapper that we'd caught earlier in the day right over the flame i've i've built on those memories and those skills and experiences to you know unimaginable techniques that uh, i've studied and, and harvested and practiced and do the best i can to hone them but i don't believe i've fully mastered because there are just so many different ways and approaches not just to maintain the flame, but how to prepare your meats. Um, perfect example, I got to hang out with one of my uh, open fire heroes the other day in Texas, cooking alongside uh, Mr. Al Frigoni and seeing all that he's able to do. Uh, it's just absolutely amazing. Uh, it was great to share concepts and we chatted you know he was familiar with me I was of course highly familiar with him and his practices and we just shared uh, tips and tricks and it was just great to see us both set up beside one another he's using his set up his rigs his chains his hooks I was actually cooking on a 
Millscale fire table. Shout out to Millscale for providing that fire table. And you guys know how I get down. All I had was my shovel and a match. And we went to work and that was my setup. But we were just complimenting and recognizing one another's open fire style approach as well as the similarities and, and minor differences and how we go about things and it was just great so to answer that question what has been uh the most challenging open fire practice like that is definitely challenging because there's so many things to take into effect the weather the conditions the surroundings of where you're cooking has it been dry too long is there too much moisture in there is it too windy so many different elements at play but i love that style and i do not plan on stopping i just actually am doubling down on it even more so studying and, and learning new ways and methods as much as i possibly can so gypsy love thank you so much for that question now Next up, we've got a question from Sean who asked, how to best stop large flare-ups during a cook on the Gravity Series? Now, Sean, something like this can happen and I appreciate you answering, or pardon me, I appreciate you asking because something like this can be prevented and happens when one or two steps are just overlooked. You always want to make sure you're doing proper maintenance on your Gravity Series. You always want to make sure that you are scraping off any grease or fat remnants that your oil and grease catch tray, you're emptying that out after every cook. One trick that I do is I have a Home Depot bucket and once the ashes have cooled, I've actually dumped the ashes into the Home Depot bucket, then pour the grease on top and it sort of just sort of congeals into this block which I can then easily dispose of. So that's something that causes flare-ups is a lot of people forget to empty out their grease catcher as well as scrape off any excess grease before actually lighting up their gravity series. Now, if you've done that and maintenance isn't an issue, be mindful of the extra fatty oily meats that you put towards your gravity series hopper area where you load up your, your coals because if you've ever opened it up to get your flare-ups or like I, I intentionally cause flare-ups when I'm doing like tomahawk steaks and stuff like that as part of a demo, it's a great show. But if you've ever watched it, you can actually see where the fan is forcing the heat out and you'll start to see the sparks flare up. And if you've got something very fatty towards that end, that fat will pool very easily, run a stream, and it's super easy to get a fire going. And a lot of people uh, react out of fear and don't know what to do and freak out. Always remember your, your series is run by the fans and airflow. Once you cut off the airflow, not just closing the lid, but actually inserting your slide guards back into it, it'll help stop any additional airflow and the fire inside will burn out. Hopefully, Sean, this helped answer your question and I truly appreciate you for uh submitting it next the real indian boy asked when's the tv show coming um well i was already on a show and i've been uh, fortunate enough to partake in various aspects um 
of different live events and so forth but as far as me being in in, in a show again I'm not certain my, my team and I were working on a, a few things self-produced um, you know it goes back to what makes a show type of thing but we are working on a few things to, to put out there as well uh, I don't know if you're referring to season two of American Barbecue Showdown if you are I'm definitely not in there no parts at all um, it would have been great but they don't typically bring back the losers to make special guest appearances um, I do think that the way that show works I could definitely see in the future like an all-stars round or something going or anything of that nature but I'm very excited to be a viewer for this season and watch another round of competitors go compete and battle it out and just just admire you know I haven't had an opportunity to sort of witness it from from someone else's point of view before so very much looking forward to that but uh as it stands now additional shows not anything that I have slated for the near future but appreciate the question but um next question we have here have I ever done a seafood boil? Yes. Yes, I have. And that came from Ferris. I love doing a nice smoked seafood boil. Like I'll smoke up the potatoes a fair amount before adding them in there. Of course, the sausage as well. Some A quick little uh, uh, char on some of the shells of the shrimp putting that in there I love a good seafood boil and if you typically make a seafood boil the traditional way smoke uh, slash roast some of those ingredients prior to and it just takes it to an entirely different level of flavor especially with corn once you get it nice and charred and then you put it in there yes <laughs> it's a definite must um, Next, we've got a question from Jane, who asked, Have you attempted to make any egg dishes on the grill? Smoth, <laughs> smoked omelet vibes. Uh, Jane, yes, I have. I've made just about every meal you can. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, brunch, snacks, dessert, everything in between. It's tricky with eggs, but what I've found works for me is I'll actually do it in the firebox, and I'll have like a green piece of hickory or pecan, behind like my skillet so that I'm getting that that smoky flavor but it's really really good especially when you get something like that's very moist like um, tomatoes like cherry tomatoes and you get some mushrooms and uh, some arugula spring mix on top and you're just charring that I actually char it in a wire mesh basket system which allows the flames to actually like hit the greens themselves it it really is good everything just tastes better over like open fire like over a true flame and you get some char and there's some light smoke in there everything tastes better but i appreciate the question there jane truly do next kbs outdoor asked what's the best thing you've ever cooked Ooh. oh gosh that is a hard one like there's like sentimentally best things there's just like flavor profile sentimentally best things would be uh jerk chicken for my grandma 
making it for her sometime years, years back. And she enjoyed it so much that that's what she asked for on her birthdays for me to make, you know. Um, of course, she can't take the heat as she used to back in the day, so I make a modified one for her, but she just loves the depth of flavor. So that's definitely, like, sentimental-wise. Recently, one of the best things I've made was actually a brisket that I brined for an undisclosed amount of time. But I brined it because I was turned it into pastrami. And I'd added my cinnamon, vanilla, um, my, my star anise, coriander, so many different ingredients into the brine because this is something I'm working on for the cookbook and it was absolutely phenomenal my guys and i crushed that brisket the same day um we made a ton of pastrami sandwiches i ended up making some brisket pork and uh brisket baked beans with it just or excuse me pastrami baked beans with it and it was just very very good it has such a crazy depth of flavor and it's something that i'm I have to do at least three or four more times to make sure I nail the process because there was a lot of different things that we did during the the brining process. Uh, but for any of you out there who are, are thinking of making anything pastrami based, a shout out to my buddy um, Chewy. Uh, he's actually doing a set of, uh, I believe he's going to do pastrami brisket i don't know if you decide between brisket or ribs but shout out to you bud this one's for you if you're going to do anything like that it's okay to go heavy on the salt some people freak out they're like oh well it's going to be in there so long it's perfectly fine to go heavy on the salt just make sure you do at least one stage of desalination which is where you're basically removing the brisket from the brine and putting it in unsalted water for at least an hour or two just so that some of that excess salt can be removed and then you can season it as you normally would that's just one of those little steps that can make a world of difference appreciate the question next we've got a question from jay who asked what's your favorite wood to smoke with well for me jay it's really a, as far as what's available like if i'm home and I've got access to all of my stuff. I love doing a nice two to one on uh, hickory and mesquite. Absolutely love it. And it's two parts hickory, one part mesquite because mesquites are very, very strong. And it also depends on what I'm cooking as well. Sometimes when I need those BTUs, I need that heat. I'm just knocking in straight oak. But having spent the last month in Texas, I've really gotten um accustomed to the aroma and flavor profile that post oak brings to a dish it is absolutely amazing and if you haven't smoked with post oak i definitely recommend doing so get yourself a bit give it a shot it makes a world of difference it's great on it everything it may be one of my new favorites um but since I can't easily get it all the time, I'm gonna gonna enjoy it while I can. <laughs> but definitely, really loving post oak right now. But in a, in a pinch, my typical go-to is always gonna be a two-to-one on hickory and mesquite. So much appreciate that question. Someone asked, 
I trying to read Rob asks, okay. At what temp do you pull your brisket off? How long do you let it rest after pulling it off? So that's a tricky question. You have cast that pull it at 203, 201, 202, 198, 196. Sounds like I'm listening off radio stations. <laughs> um, I don't know what temperature I pull it off of. I'm not even going to lie to you. Once I've gotten it past the stall, if I've gotten there, or I've gotten it cooked to food safety internal temps, the rest is by feel. I, I, I probe for touch not by temperature because you may have one that's you know reading 198 or 202 and it's still stiff it hasn't broken loose yet you know you've got to familiarize yourself with cooking by touch by feel it doesn't matter if it's 203 and it's you it's still not giving you what what it should then you've got to figure out okay did i not keep it moist enough did i trim too much fat did stuff not render like what's going on here but I pull mine by touch, and when I say touch is I'm grabbing both ends and it is loose. It's just flapping around. It's 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 got a give to it that it bends and it's not snapping back. It's just sort of hanging there. That's, that's my touch, but it took a very long time to get to that point, and trust me, I ruined many briskets and that's just part of the process it, it really is you've got to go into this knowing you're not going to nail it every single time and that's okay but you will get better each time you do it best thing i can suggest to you bud is make sure you're taking notes along the way and if you're like oh what do i take notes of well take notes of your starting weight for your brisket take notes of your post trim weight then also take note of your after cook weight you know that's what we call barbecue mass you can start figuring out just how much your your uh, proteins will yield also take note of what rig you're using how much wood did you use or fuel and what if you're using coals or something or pellets or what have you um the condition of the weather was it humid out was it raining was it cold you know those things do play a factor so Keep that in mind. Keep keep that in mind. Um, I, I like that question. Hopefully I didn't lose you with it. I sort of get, tend to ramble like I'm doing right now. But uh, I'll hop on to the very next question here, which comes from Terp. Terposaurus. Okay, cool. That's an interesting name. What Caribbean spices or chilies should become more widely used? That is a question I like, and I answered that online, and for me, I personally believe curries. I don't think curries get enough love. They are so good, so flavorful. I feel like some people are so afraid of them, like maybe they have a negative connotation of being overly spicy or something, but they're, they're not, and there's more than just like yellow curry. There's so many curries out there, and... You can blend them and make amazing rubs and seasonings and spices with them that add such depth to to your food. I've used it on just about every protein. I have been kicking around the idea of doing a curried brisket, and I have no clue how that would turn out. 
but I do know I'm willing to try to impart those flavors and I probably have to start with like a very heavy paste and a marinade and a whole process to make sure it penetrates and goes all the way through. But that's what I love about the craft. That's what I love about what we do. The, the part of being able to experiment and just throw something against the wall to see if it sticks. Well, guys, that is a fair amount of the questions that have been building up and I'm going to answer even more. I think what I'll do is just answer them out in, in segments, 20 minute blurbs. And I just want to say thank you guys truly for tuning in, for listening. And once again, for the messages, um, I never know if this is something everyone else enjoys for me, you know, they told me to find a hobby and this is it. This is my hobby, but I want to turn it into something greater. So truly appreciate you guys joining me, your host, Rashid Phillips, on another episode of This Week in Barbecue, where we discuss everything in the barbecue community, both good, bad, and ugly. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, share, tell a friend to tell two friends, and I'll talk with you guys next week. Take care.